0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Here in the Now podcast with your host, J.G. LaRochette at Mindful Life Project. Thank you for joining week three of our podcast. We are excited today to be discussing emotions. What are they? How do they show up? What are they meant for? And then not only for ourselves, but when we see it in our youth, What can we do with them in a healthy way? So again, welcome back to Here in the Now podcast. You can find us on Spotify, on Mindful Life Project, YouTube TV, which we have lots of resources, um, and we're just excited to keep building educational wellness with you, the educators out there. So thanks for joining us in episode three, emotions and what do we do with them? So I don't know about you, but I was pretty good at resisting avoiding pushing away neglecting trying to do anything but feel emotions when they arose as i was a young person growing into young adulthood and then even in the early adulthood of being a teacher an educator a coach a human right these emotions uh they're all over they come they go some stay a little longer some we really enjoy some we resist and wish they never were there so, what I want to bring up today is what was most transformational for me in my mindfulness practice and how powerful it was when I brought it to my students as an educator. Right? What are emotions really? Why do they show up? And what do we do with them? First, let's start with the key that emotions, just like thoughts, are not who we are. Right? We are this human experience, emotions and thoughts are part of that human experience, just like all the rest of our human experience. And when they arise, they are messages, right? They're arising as messages to us, for us to listen to and then engage with, right? So as we explore emotions as humans, as educators in this experience, oftentimes we have certain emotions we want to show up and certain emotions we don't. Right, so think, just pause for a second and reflect. What are some emotions you really love to have? They're going to come pretty quickly, probably. And so maybe joy, happiness, love, peace, right? We're going to, excitement maybe, right? All those. And then think about what are some emotions that you wish you never felt? Maybe anxiety, fear sadness, loneliness. Emotions are so important and also so hard to navigate. Not only are we talking about this inner human experience, but then how emotions show up around us, who has them, what they're trying to display. And then how do we meet the needs of them? So let's start with the individual, right? In mindfulness, we're talking about welcoming and befriending and loving all the emotions as they are. How does that sound to you, right? The listener out there, when you think of anxiety or fear, does that sound like, yeah, I, I can do that. I can welcome and befriend and love on and, and be with anxiety or fear. Yeah, that sounds about right. Or is that hard wiring of the brain of survival saying, those emotions are dangerous are they dangerous? No, right? They are part of the experience, but usually it's the future worrying mind or the past resentment, regret mind that triggers these strong emotional reactions or not having control. Maybe if we're as an educator, the class isn't following directions, we don't have control. And then we get the stress response, right? Maybe frustration, fear, Underneath a lot of emotions, they're further deeper down emotions, right? So if we don't have control, fear might be the strong emotion at the bottom, but then we kind of come out with frustration or anger, right? And so what we're working with as, as human beings is that a lot of us have been conditioned, especially in Western culture, that certain emotions have a stigma to them. For me, it was anxiety, right? So anxiety would arise, I would do everything I could to resist it, avoid it, try to run away from it. And then speaking about it was impossible because I thought anxiety was a weakness. It was something that was a part of me that made me not strong, right? Made me weak. So in the other approach that we're working on in mindfulness is that when these emotions show up, we start to befriend them, bring curiosity to them, learn from them, and understand why they're there. Does that sound easy or hard? That sounds really hard, right? That is the practice, though. A main practice of mindfulness is how do we bring awareness to our emotions and how they connect to our thoughts, our thoughts, how they connect to our emotions, and that I said our is not true. They aren't ours. Every human has those. Even sometimes we think, oh, our thoughts so unique or original. Uh, Very rarely do we have a unique thought that no one else is having. We think that's the case, right? So how do we approach our own lived experience with these emotions? In the mindfulness work, it is that revolutionary radical acceptance of those emotions coming, bringing attention to them with compassion, noticing where they're arising in our body and then versus being reactive and letting the emotion trigger that amygdala and that stress response, it's actually getting the prefrontal cortex, maybe taking that breath, using that body scan, naming the emotion to tame the emotion, welcoming it so it doesn't trigger that really strong stress response that we know so well. Right? That's an individual level. Then we go and move on to being a classroom teacher being a front of and with dozens of emotions at the same time. And then some of our young people with deep stress and and trauma, right? They're having the strong external reaction, or even some of our young folks who have deep stress and trauma, have that strong internal shut down. Like we have three major ways that stress response shows up fight. We see that pretty visibly with visually, uh, and auditory, right? We can see that fight response, right? The freeze response, which we see also, but sometimes our young folks aren't being labeled as behavioral needs because they just shut down. So it's not so distracted to everybody else, but it's just as important, right? Fight, flight, freeze. Those are three. So last one is like trying to avoid, get away from, resist. At kindergarten, we'll see kids actually run away, literally right from playground game or the classroom sometimes. But the key is that we look at the root for ourselves of the emotions. What are they here for? What are they here to teach us? And as we get into this further, once we can identify that, then we can see the root of where young people's emotions are coming from. It's really for us what needs have not been met or what conditions have been put on us in the life experience we've had. And then how do we relate to those emotions. Are they friends of ours, <laughs> right? Like do we welcome them as good friends or are they enemies of ours? And if they're enemies, like anxiety was for me, what we do habitually is try to avoid. When we try to avoid strong emotions, they create that snowball effect. You know, for a week oh, I'm feeling anxious and then it gets stronger and now in my sleep isn't as good or yeah, more reactive, maybe internally, I'm feeling suffering, right? Externally, maybe I'm in a bad mood, right? I don't want to be around people. We know that it's about meeting our needs mentally, emotionally, and physically, right? How do we understand that emotions are just messages? And they're messages for us to learn from. But for me, it took 32 years of being with anxiety, right? I can't say 32. I can remember being anxious at four years old. So, 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 you know, four years old, so 38 years of my life, excuse me, right? I know that my instinct with anxiety or fear was do not speak about it, don't feel it, get away from it, avoid it. And then once I had a mindfulness practice, right? That's when I started understanding that those emotions are valid. There's nothing wrong with them. I need to actually do the opposite, radically accept with a compassionate lens of awareness that this is what's passing through me right now. And then once I identified that, then it was like, oh, in these situations, I feel anxious. And that unraveled with my mindfulness practice, some of that childhood experience, that young adult experience that triggered the stress response with anxiety or fear. So I'll pause there. What's most important is to be able to be an amazing educator that we're super in tune with what's happening inside of us. So we're navigating that with skill and compassion, stillness and pauses versus fight, flight, freeze. And then our young people join the hurricane. So how do we work with emotions in a mindfulness practice? You've heard a little bit of me describe that, but it's also like, it's not something you can describe and just talk about. The science shows that we need to practice it. We need to practice it. And in mindfulness, that means working a combination of mindful skills, mindful emotions, welcoming all emotions, naming them to tame them, and then befriending where they're coming into the body, where they're showing up, noticing in the body if it's tight, contracted, the stress response, how's it showing up? And then allowing it to be, and then being with the curiosity, what is the lesson right now? Right. So if it's caused by the external world, at the end of the day, if we need the fight, flight, freeze response system to survive a situation, then we want to be engaged in it right away. Cars coming fastest on the sidewalk, flight, get away. Right? Someone comes with a weapon at us, we fight back, right? But most times for our young people and for ourselves, the stress response is happening without the external violence. It might have been past violence, but in that moment, we're not in threat in that way. Again, most of the times. So we need to practice this emotional intelligence, this mindful awareness, a pretty consistent basis. And so today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do our mindful sit on mindful emotions, and we're going to bring in body awareness or body scan. The more connected we are to our lived physical experience, the body, the mind, and the heart, the more prefrontal cortex activity we have, the more present engagement we have, and the more we're in this engaged, integrated state. And we'll talk about that a lot, integrated state, right? Where the mind, body, and heart are all in alignment. So let's get to it. If you'd like to do it the Mindful Life Project way, go ahead and call and respond after me. So when I say something, you repeat it out loud or in your mind. This is how we get into our mindful sit. I've got my feet on the floor.
1: I've got my spine in a line. Got my hands in my lap. And my heart to the sky. Now close your
0: eyes or a soft gaze below. We'll always start our mindful sit with using the sound of the bell as a gateway to the present moment, staying with the sound as long as we can, or if we get distracted, just gently coming back.
1: As we arrive in our practice today,
0: wherever you are, wherever you've been, wherever you're projecting to go, let's allow ourselves
1: to let it all go and just come here into the present moment. Mindfulness is paying attention on
0: purpose, strategically, on you know, the here and now without judgment.
1: So as you arrive, just notice your contact points. Welcome the feet, the contact, your sit bones in the chair, the weight, gravity, and then bring awareness to your hands. Temperature, tingling, pulsations. And so as we specifically focus on one human
0: experience at a time, We know the mind will wander, thoughts of the future and the past. We know physical sensations might take us away. There'll be distractions. And that's the beauty of mindfulness. That when we find ourselves in distraction, instead of judging ourselves or criticizing ourselves, with a deep lens of compassion, we just gently try again and celebrate that we're back. It's really about those mini celebrations as we continue to dive into the practice It really changes the neural network. The neurons have been firing and wiring and disconnects maybe those habitual
1: survival mode experiences just to be back here now. I'm gonna join the practice with the mindful skill
0: of mindful emotions. So just take inventory
1: of what emotions are present right now, how long they last, and where they come and they go, and which ones arise next. So checking into the heartscape right now, what emotion is most present?
0: You can name it three, four, five times in your mind. And then can we welcome it? Like a good friend we haven't seen in a long time, like a family member that we haven't been with for a long time. That kind of welcoming.
1: That pure, unfiltered love, compassion. And if we notice resistance to the
0: emotion, can we not judge that? That's the goal here. Awareness of what's here without wishing it were different. So, what are physical sensations,
1: sounds, emotions, thoughts, our senses? Letting it be and engaging in presence. So, just notice if that heartscape is connected to any thoughts the thoughts we're having that are popping up about the future, the past. Cultivating present
0: moment awareness can be a key way to not get engaged in the over worrying, the anxiousness of the future
1: or getting stuck in the past. So as we inquire with kindness to
0: what emotions are here or showing up, We practice softening,
1: welcoming them, noticing where they're touching into our body. And as we practice, honoring this takes courage. That for many of us, we've been
0: so talented at resisting, pushing through, avoiding, our emotional states just
1: to get by, to survive. That this practice, if it's new, is a revolutionary act. And now moving our lens of awareness to the body. As we know, the body keeps the score. Our issues are in the tissue.
0: So just checking in from the top of the crown of the feet on the ground. Let's slowly
1: scan all the way down. So notice your forehead tightness or looseness. No judgment, just notice. Notice the eyes. Maybe we're already lost in thought.
0: And when we notice that, remember to celebrate and come back. Come back to the body down to our cheeks and our jaw. We hold stress in many places, and the more we, with curiosity, check,
1: the less it builds up. So how's that jaw? Tight, clenched, soft, relaxed. Then moving to the neck, the throat, the shoulders.
0: Again, just like emotions are just messages, so are our physical sensations. If we resist the emotions, if we resist the physical sensations, that equals suffering, that triggers a stress response. So the opposite is this mindful awareness of welcoming, befriending, caring for and tending to. And then gently moving attention from the shoulders all the way down the core of the body,
1: the chest, the stomach, around the rib cage till you meet the back, down the back,
0: welcoming all the human experience with compassion and love, down through the legs, any areas of tightness or looseness, any comfort or discomfort. And can we be with discomfort the same way we are with comfort? Like that interested, curious, welcoming attention. That engaged moment of, oh, this is how it feels right now.
1: All the way down the legs till you meet your feet. And just feel your feet on the ground. A touch, a gravity. And then just notice as we close practice, the whole body
0: as one whole piece. The whole mind is connected to that whole piece of the body and that heart in alignment, in presence, in compassion. We welcome it all as if they were great friends and loved ones. We learn from the messages without attaching ourselves, without thinking we are the emotions or the thoughts. They're just part of this human experience and they're here for us to learn listen to, and befriend.
1: We'll close practice with the sound of the bell. Try to stay with it as long as you can.
0: And then whenever you're ready, opening your eyes, coming back, just checking in. How is after that practice, where is there resistance? What emotions were showing up? Were there thought patterns, right? Either habitual thought patterns that happen pretty often that were conditioned, right? Those neurons that fire together wire together. So, the more we have these thoughts that go with maybe that negative bias that we all inherently have as part of the brain, those thoughts will wire shut. Then there'll be the emotions that will wire shut. With mindfulness awareness, what we just practice, if you practice it on a daily basis, you use your mindful skills in the lived moment, you literally are changing the architecture of the brain architecture of the body, architecture of the heart. So wherever you are in this experience, remember that it is for you to befriend, not to resist, and that that takes time. Patience, continue practice. And then how do we connect with all the emotions around us from that same state that we're looking for? Because again, when students have strong emotions, That's just a message that their needs are not being met. And if their needs are not being met, our habitual reactionary pattern of, whoa, this is too much for me or too much for the class, usually escalates those emotions. This is something that we understand isn't just for educators. We need as a society to be able to improve our mental and emotional health, and of course, meet the needs of each other and our students. But first, as mindful educators, we start with ourselves, build that inner capacity, and then it will organically in osmosis, connect our youth, and then we'll share these practices with them, and the rest is just beautiful and powerful. So thanks for joining here in the NOW episode three, emotions, what are they? What messages can we learn from them? And how do we start activating our mindfulness practices to meet our own needs and meet our students' needs? Again, we're on Spotify, My For Life Project TV on YouTube. Please share this podcast with all educators out there. We look forward to Week Four, Episode Four next week. In the meantime, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may be filled with peace, may be filled with love, may you find ease, and let's keep practicing together. Be well, everyone. Here in the Now Podcast, Episode Three. See you next time.
1: I'm in the present, no judgment.
0: I'm here in the now. No time, I'm of the president no
1: the president of the president of the president of president